In this morning's reading, we see the humanity of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was, actually he still is, fully human. God took on human flesh and became a man and Jesus was fully human. And he started out in the same way as all of us do, as a little baby. Don't you believe for a minute that, that Christmas carol that we all sing and love to sing that says, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I think that's a load of rubbish. Uh, the, Bible, the Bible never says that. And if Jesus Christ actually did come as fully human, I'm pretty sure he still would have cried. Um, Jesus never sinned, so I'm pretty confident that, that he was a probably pretty well-behaved baby. But he still would have cried when he needed a feed. He still would have cried when he filled his nappy with poo. Now, can you imagine that? That, that God, the almighty, all-powerful God, became fully human. Can you imagine what that cost him? And he did it without cutting any corners. You know, if I was doing it, I think I probably would have skipped the part where I didn't have bowel control. Or I would have skipped the part where I didn't have to get carried around at somebody else's will. But God didn't do that. The Lord our God, God the Son, became fully human and he didn't skip any corners. He knew, he knew exactly what it was like to be a human. And we can see the humanity of Jesus in today's reading. He had a family home. He had a hometown. He had a family. He suffered rejection. Um, he suffered grief when his good friend and cousin John the Baptist was beheaded. There were times when Jesus just needed to get away from everybody and just spend some time alone with God. Jesus Christ was fully human. All these things relate to us as well. And it's actually important that we understand that Jesus is fully human. And here's a few reasons why. Firstly, Jesus had to be fully human so that he could redeem those who are condemned by the law. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 says, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as God's sons. Now, God's law is perfect. But we've just got a little problem. We we just don't seem to be able to keep it. No matter how much we love God's law, no matter how much we desire to keep God's law, we just can't. At least I can't. I'm just speaking from experience here. You guys may be a whole lot more holy than me, but I think not. Um, but, that doesn't, but Jesus did. Jesus could keep that law. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus wasn't tempted. He was tempted all right. Otherwise, there would have been no victory over sin if there had been no battle. If we think that Jesus didn't have to battle against sin, well, where was the victory over sin if he didn't battle it? He did. And that's, what it, that's why Jesus was born under the law. He lived under the law. He kept the law. And so he could die as the perfect sacrifice to redeem. That means to buy back those who were condemned by the law. That's us. Okay? A second reason it's important for Jesus to be fully human is because this allows him to sympathise or to empathise with us in our weaknesses. Um, We can't say to Jesus, oh look, you just don't know what it's like. Well, we can't say that because he does know what it's like. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says, 
We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Because Jesus knows and understands the struggles that you have with sin and the struggles that I have with sin, he's very willing to give us mercy. He's very willing to give us grace. He knows all about it. He's been through it himself, knowing the struggles that we humans have. And so Jesus Christ is very willing to be merciful to us. Um, If we sort of think about ourselves, sometimes it's very easy to judge somebody else because of their behaviour when it's not a struggle that we actually have. Like, there might be somebody who drinks way too much and I could go, oh, yeah, they're terrible people because I actually don't have that problem. I I have no ambition to drink too much. But the thing is I have other sins that, that are real temptations for me. And I might be more likely to empathise with those. But because Christ lived as a human, he's willing to show every one of us mercy. He knows the struggles that we've all had. A third reason that it's important that Jesus is fully human is that he could lead the way with the resurrection. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 talks about how through the first Adam, the earthly man, death came, but how now through the last Adam, the heavenly man, life. And the fact that Jesus Christ is fully human and was raised from the dead to eternal life is a demonstration of the resurrection for us. You know, it's very easy for us to stop and go, oh, but Jesus was special. He, he, was, he was this God-man, like, and God, of course God can be raised from the dead. But we have to understand that at this stage Jesus is fully human and he is the first fully human to be raised to eternal life. Yeah, there were other humans who were raised from the dead. Jesus raised Lazarus. There was a boy raised by one of the prophets in the Old Testament. There was Jesus raised a couple of people from the dead, but they weren't raised to eternal life. That was just like they were made better from their sickness to, to go on living and then they eventually died. But Jesus is the first one to enter this new resurrected life, eternal life. And because Christ has done that, we have the assurance that we too will follow. And the fourth reason I'm going to share with you today that it's important for Jesus to be fully human is because Jesus is the mediator between us and God. Now, let me explain that. Currently, um, for work, I end up doing a fair bit of work with Fulton Hogan on the road, road cruise about the place. And with the Fulton Hogan crew, there's a whole hierarchy. There's a whole heap of people there at a whole heap of different levels. I haven't even met the big boss in St George. Um, I'm unlikely to ever meet the big boss of Australia. Uh, but even Barnsley is his name, who is one of the managers who floats around the sites, Even he isn't really approachable by a pleb like me. Um, You see, he's way up the food chain and and I'm sort of like krill (laughs) right down the bottom. And um, I was thinking about this, like if if I had an idea that I thought was worth sharing, I actually don't feel I could go up to this fella and tell him about it because he's way up there and I'm down here. He doesn't even know who I am. 
And if I felt that I had an idea that I needed to share with a fellow like this, I reckon I'd feel a whole lot better going through an intermediary. What I would do is I would take my idea to my boss, to Trimrose, and those folks then, if they agreed that it was a good idea, they would then talk to the big bosses of Fulton Hogan. I would need an intermediary because they're way up the food chain and I'm right at the bottom. Now, if that's the case of how it is uh, in a simple workplace, how much more do you think that we need an intermediary between us and God? I mean, who am I to go to, to, go to God? Aren't I but a bug to God? 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 says, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. When we pray, we pray to God through the Son, through the man Christ Jesus. He is the one who takes our prayers and makes them acceptable and presents them to God. We do not ask for an angel to take our prayers to God. We do not ask for another man to take our prayers to God. We do not pray through Mary. We do not pray through someone who's been canonised as a saint. Uh, We do not pray through a pope or a guru. You do not pray through me or any other minister. Yes, we do need an intermediary to get our prayers through to God But the Bible says there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Now, you know as well as I do, there's there's an unbiblical teaching in, in some denominations, most notably, of course, the Roman Catholic, that says your prayers are going to be a whole lot more effective if you put them through what they call a saint, somebody who's been recognised as somebody who who did something great for God. Of course, the idea behind that is we need an intermediary. You know, our prayers are going to be a whole lot more effective if we can just get that saint or that Mary or whatever to get our prayers to God, then everything's going to be better. Rubbish! You have a mediator already. You have a mediator far more effective and far more powerful, Christ Jesus. Your Bible says there is one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus. Go straight to him. Pray to the Father that Jesus brings you and makes you fit to be in his presence. Jesus is our mediator. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus saved us from the penalty of death that we deserved uh, because he lived under the law. Jesus sympathises with us in our weaknesses and, and he's ready and willing to give us grace and mercy in our time of need. Jesus the man was raised from the dead, opening up the way to our resurrection. And Jesus mediates between us and God, making our prayers worthy and effective. So this morning that there's plenty of evidence of the humanity of Christ. Jesus is fully human. But this is a complicated bit now. Because Jesus is fully human, but he's also fully God. And once again in this morning's reading we see Jesus doing things that only God can do. Jesus performed miracles. He filled a king with terror. He fed 5,000 men plus women and children with just five loaves and two fish. 
He had compassion. He healed the sick. He walked on water. And simply by touching his clothes, people were made well. Yeah, Jesus is fully human. But at the same time, Jesus is also fully God. Now, I can't fully get my mind around that. Can anyone here do that? Can anyone here get their mind fully around that? I hope you could, because then I could sit down and you could explain it to us all. No, not today. But it's important that Jesus is fully God because God didn't send a nobody to do his dirty work for him. God loves us and in Christ he demonstrated the depth of that love. God loves us so much, he loves the world so much that he himself came to save it. He didn't just send some other lackey to do it, he did it himself. It was God who lived as a human. It was God who was rejected at Nazareth. God was mocked and beaten and ridiculed. It was God who was nailed naked and humiliated to a cross. God went through all of that to save us from our sins. Fully human, fully God. Read this section of Matthew and you just can't come to any other conclusion. Fully human, yet fully God. Okay, so that's some of the big picture stuff that we discover about Christ. But now what about us? Where do we fit in all this? What, what lesson can we learn from this morning's reading? Well, I feel today that there is a lesson on rejection and faith. And I'm going to open this little section with a little bit of theme music. Can anyone guess why I played that little clip right now? Does anyone know the name of that clip? Name of that song? Hey? Brothers and Arms? No, it's from... I don't know, it might even not be from that album, I'm not sure. No, not Brothers and Arms? Hey? I was Googling. There's an app for that. <laughs> okay. That's the first movie score that Mark Knopfler ever wrote. I played it for two reasons, to introduce this topic, plus I just love that that tune. Um, But it's from the movie Local Hero, and it's called Coming Home. Sorry? Yeah. Right. Okay. Ah. Rightio. So, um, can you, do you know now why I introduced this next section with it? Jesus came home 
the local Nazareth hero. But when he got there, it, it wasn't really like a valiant football team coming home. He just wasn't really that welcome. Oh, yeah, the, the locals did come along to have a bit of a look. I mean, Jesus was a bit of a hero. He'd gone away and he'd made a name for himself and, and people would, would have been thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, cool, let's see what, what this is all about. But that, what, when Jesus came, they just could not get past the fact, who on earth does he think he is? Well, we know who you are. He's just one of us. Jesus is God. And yet his hometown couldn't recognise him. And, and many of us know very well the quote, a prophet is never welcome in his hometown. Everybody's heard that? A prophet is never welcome in his hometown? But the unfortunate thing is, most of us take that as an excuse to do nothing in our hometown. Yeah, I can't do anything much for God here because everybody knows me. You know, and you know, doesn't the Bible say a prophet has no, is never welcome in his hometown? But the point and the emphasis of what Jesus is saying was not that, oh, I shouldn't have come here. The word of God still had to be preached in Nazareth and Jesus did it. I think what Jesus is saying to us is don't be disappointed when those who are closest to you reject the good news. When Jesus said a prophet is never welcome in the hometown, he was not saying, therefore give up on your hometown. What he is saying is, you're in good company. You see, when you read the Old Testament, most of the time the prophets of old were rejected by Israel. I can't help but read the lives of some of these prophets and the messages that they had and mostly they were entirely ineffective. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea and the list just goes on and on and on and largely these men were rejected by their brothers. The message was rejected. But in contrast to these, there was one prophet who was listened to. Does anyone know his name? Hey? No. No, 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 they stopped listening to Moses at times. Jonah. Jonah was the most effective Old Testament prophet. He got sent to this town and said, repent. And they did. But it wasn't his, wasn't his own nation he was sent to. He was sent to Nineveh. He was sent to the enemy. And the enemy repented. Out of all of the prophets, Jonah was the one sent to a foreign nation and they were the ones who, yes, we'll, re, we'll listen to you. The prophets were not welcome in their hometowns. Some of them were beaten, some of them were whipped, some of them were thrown into, into a big pit and starved and locked up. Some of them were killed. But does that mean that they stopped? No. And neither does it mean that we should keep on sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And if you get rejected, well, that's fine. You're in good company. The prophets got rejected too. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying give up. He's saying keep going, but don't be surprised. If you're rejected, you're in good company. The prophets were too. But what does make us keep going? If you are trying to share the good news of Jesus Christ with someone or in a certain locality, 
What is it that keeps you going even if you get rejected? Faith. All things are possible in God. When Peter stepped out of the boat and kept his eyes on Jesus, he walked on water too. But as soon as he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink. Now, that's, that's an amazing story of faith, but do you think Jesus is telling this because he wants us all to have a really neat magic trick of being able to walk on water or so we can go skiing without a boat? What's this about? Well, I think Jesus has got much bigger things in mind for us with our faith. Last week we had the parable of the hidden treasure and the pearl of great value. And with those two parables, they are showing us that the good news of the gospel is really, really good. Like, it's the best. It's like, yoo-hoo news. It's, you beauty, I'm going to give up everything else because this, this is just the best. It is worth giving up everything else to pursue. And guess what? The good news of Jesus Christ is so good it's even worth sharing. As long as you love people and want to see them saved, it's worth sharing. Even if you do get rejected most of the time. Because by faith we believe that it is true. By faith we know the predicament that we have been saved from in Jesus Christ. And by faith we know that although many will reject this good news, some will receive it. And they'll be very, very glad that we didn't give up. Aren't you glad that somebody didn't give up and that you got to hear the good news of Jesus Christ? Well, somebody else will be very glad when you don't give up and when you share the good news of Jesus Christ. So by faith, let's keep our eyes on Jesus, fully human and yet fully God, the Saviour of the world. Amen.